Hey, welcome. You're listening to My Teeth Need Attention. Thanks for joining me. We're here in the background here is uh, David Nance track. From his Pulverized and Slightly Pieced LP on Petty Bunko. This is the uh, long, early jammer version of Amethyst. Originally released on uh, piece, pieced and slightly pulverized, um, and this is the demo version that he recorded earlier on, and then eventually put out on Petty Bunko. I think this might be my favorite song by him, and I and I really love both versions. So yeah, today's interview is with David Nance. He was uh, kind enough to. Uh, accept my invitation to the podcast without knowing who the hell I was. So I uh, really appreciate that. We're going to listen to this Long Jammer and then probably one other song from Negative Boogie, his other LP. He's got a bunch of LPs. Then we'll get into the interview and then I'll play a couple more tracks after the interview, including some tracks uh, from his cover tapes that we talk about in the interview as well that he's been putting out over the last couple of years. So let's get to it. Again, you're listening to My Teeth Need Attention. You can go to myteethneedattention.com for more information, links to uh, other episodes, various podcast platforms, etc. All right, thanks for tuning in. Here's Amethyst by David Nance.
Thank uh, David Nance for joining me on the podcast. My teeth need attention. 
David, thanks for uh, joining me. I don't know if you know what the reference is or not. I don't. I always ask people if they know or not. It's a lyric from a Dead Sea song. Uh, one of their old, you know how, are you familiar uh, with the Dead Sea? Of course, from yeah. New Zealand, right? So, uh, you know, they had, uh, early on, there were these songs that would show up on multiple records. Uh-huh. Um, even though they say they don't write songs. Um, right, like Sky. <laughs> Sky yeah, exactly. Like so this is yeah, from Power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So there's, yeah. I was just jamming. I'm always jamming Dead Sea, so. There, I, I feel like a, like a, a plebe that i i mainly get into the song stuff of dead sea yeah that's fine yeah (laughs) is it is it evil usa kills or is it usa kills i've always said usa kills but yeah yeah, i think i remember once they were just gonna call it usa kills and and i think flying nun might have pushed back or something "Eh, i don't know if you should do that (laughs) right okay so they add the e and i don't know if the e stood for evil or not yeah I, I guess you know, I just I, assumed. I should have asked. There... Yeah, I should have asked. I I interviewed Bruce on this uh, once before, oh, and I've, I've done okay. work with those guys. Um, and I think I don't know if I ever talked to him about that. I know that came up in an interview once before, though. Um, I just I I I have a shirt that, or maybe I maybe there's something on the album, but it's like a crude drawing of a guy with a bomb. Yeah, that's the cover. It, it, and it's a shirt too. They made a shirt, yeah. Like when so, Bada so Bing just, did those reissues. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I have the T-shirt. But uh, yeah, I bought I bought two copies. I went down to New York to see that show, and that's like from here. That's like a seven-hour drive. And oh, uh, I like, I grabbed the friend. I'm like, we got to go see these guys. And uh, Bada Bing, yeah, they were reissuing like a bunch of those records all right. the time. Yeah, they were yeah. Batching like putting EPs together and stuff. And they had shirts available, and by the time it was only like the second, they you know they only did like three or four shows for that tour. It was like uh-huh. the second day. Of course, they were sold at ex- extra larges, which I'm easily an extra large. But I'm like, oh, buy a large. I'll lose some weight. That never happens. I have the multiple shirts. Like shirt. so, my wife yeah. has two Usakil shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her okay. medium and my large. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. thought about trying to slim down to it, but that was uh that was the first uh record i heard from those guys um my buddy brought it back uh during a break in college and uh i think thurston moore was talking him up in like a magazine you know like okay, he, okay. You know? um and now yeah that was the first one and then i just like it you know it took a while for me to get into it and then i got sure. really into it and started diving in yeah. well it sounds so alien that's yeah. I mean, it's usually the best music, right? That it's like kind of off-putting at first, mm-hmm. but then invites you into its world, and it's like, okay, yeah. I, I think I think that's the first. I I I got uh, edu- not educated, but exposed to them by that that clip of them like on TV doing Sky. Oh yeah, the, doing the interview. Yeah, New Zealand, like it was like Top of the Pops from New Zealand or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, what the hell is this? And, yeah, someone someone had the Usa kills and I dubbed a tape of that, and that just sounds like winter to me. That's that I always listen to that during winter. Oh yeah, yeah. That Zuma for some reason they're like that's funny. Yeah, I I do that seasonal thing too. And Gates uh, do line is winter for me. I don't think I've heard so, that one. I'm not yeah. I'm not too familiar with Gates stuff. Oh okay, this yeah. Michael Morley, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it varies. Like some stuff is uh guitar, droney, vocal, 
And then other stuff has beats in it, like sampley beats, not sampley beats, but just beats. Um, it's still weird, you know. Um, but the er, yeah, like I don't know. It's been a mixture of those two kind of styles for a long time. Uh, right. And now he's doing stuff under his own name, which is usually acoustic. Um, oh, okay. But, okay. Yeah, Do Line I got you know way back in the day when it came out, and that's yeah, that's the go to like winner record. I mean, I listen to it a lot, but that's a winner record. That and like Codeine. I was oh. the codeine records for winter. Okay, right on, right on. <laughs> we, uh, he, he, is Michael Morley in Handful of Dust, or is that Bruce? No, Russell? that's Bruce Russell. Yeah. Okay. That's Bruce okay. and Alistair Galbraith. Right. Right. Yeah. And Gate you know, Gate sometimes has other people in it too. Uh, there was one record that like Lee Ronaldo was on. Okay. And I want to say Zena Parkins too. Okay. And there's another person that was in it once in a while with him but but yeah uh yeah handful of dust is um bruce and alistair and then sometimes i think there's another person with them too um yeah i'm working on a new record of theirs actually there should be gonna be putting out yeah i gotta uh, oh that's exciting it's all mastered is it mastered yeah i think i got it mastered i can't remember i have a hard Incredible. time tracking stuff yeah yeah it's new material too so i was psyched about that oh awesome yeah that's great to hear yeah their building mates described it as a sounded like a 74 747 like landing upstairs because <laughs> they they just had everything cranked like a bunch of amps cranked yeah sounds on par yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah you're out in uh, omaha right i'm in omaha Did right. you uh you grew up out there or what uh i grew up in grand island which is like two hours west of here small town oh okay and lived there you know all through high school and then lived in lincoln nebraska for a couple of years uh, and then moved to omaha okay yeah that was like the big city move for me yeah. omaha's yeah 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 metropolitan college, college town sort of ish uh there's colleges here i'd yeah. say lincoln's the more college town but okay. i mean that's why i liked omaha because it really didn't have the college town vibe oh okay somewhat bohemian yeah my daughter my daughter and her roommate uh went to la they're both in college and they drove to la to work this summer and drove back oh. and and driving out there they picked just sort of just the right places to stop time wise and uh -huh. omaha was one of them i'm like oh if you go like you gotta check out grapefruit records like walk in there was... you know it'd be it'd be great uh and simon and i think was on tour at the time um, okay but they loved I mean, they were only there for like an afternoon and a night and they loved it. So on the way back, they routed their trip. So they stopped in Omaha again. Oh, that's great. Oh my that's, God, great. that's cool. Yeah. It was a nice uh, liberal bastion uh, <laughs> you know, in the middle. They were they were a little nervous, you know, driving with New York plates and stuff like that. And being two girls that look a little weird. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty oppressive place. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they loved yeah. it. Um, so when cool. did you uh, when did you start playing music? Pretty no. young or what? Uh, you know, I was in marching band, all that shit, and um, didn't start playing in bands until I was eighteen. I went to college for like half a semester and started playing in a band. I was like, oh, this is actually what I want to do. I, I got no <laughs> use for school. Uh, just been playing in bands ever since. You went to school uh, out there somewhere? Or? Uh UNL. I, I did like 
yeah half a semester and yeah, dropped yeah. out because it's just like this there's no way <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of stuff were you playing at that point uh like what were you into it. i was the, the the i think i'm like a easily identifiable child of like the mid 2000s of being like a garage turkey you know yeah of like all the you know jay jay is huge to me the oblivions the gories um yeah that was all the stuff i like cut my teeth on mm-hmm. showed me that there was something else out there than you know what spin magazine was telling you was underground <laughs> <laughs> that's that yeah that's i mean that's kind of the beauty of the the shield of a small town um like i don't know i i get i don't know if it's beauty <laughs> i got exposed <laughs> to stuff a lot later or it was like you know someone would bring something in from the city the the, the uh, you know like someone brought um like the cramps or something in and sounded totally mind-blowing when i was 16 yeah. but i think you know so many people have that story it's not pretty i yeah i have a cramp story just like that actually i was yeah. like i was in college and uh there's a fire drill in my dorm and my friend's dorm was connected, but on a different system. So it was the uh-huh. middle of winter. So it was like a foot of snow outside and w- middle of the night. And we're like, crap. And we don't want to stand outside. So we go into the building next to it. So my buddy lived there. And uh, and he had bad music for bad people playing. I'm like, <sighs> what is that? And I was oh, getting that's... turned on to like, in high school, my boss started turning me on to stuff. So then when I got to college, I just was like open. I was just kind of sucking in all this stuff from different people. You... And uh, and that was one of those records. That's like a best of, I think, or a singles comp or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. But it was so yeah. good, like, you know. And I was this listening is... to, at that point, like, you know, Bubble Surfers and oh, okay, college, college Rocky, to, you know, Pixies and Soul, early Soul Asylum, and okay, and that kind of stuff. Okay, but yeah, yeah. In high school, I didn't get into really pre like junior year. I didn't get into anything because my town had nothing like radio wise pretty isolated yeah there was a there there was like one store in my town where you could buy music there's a place called hastings it's like a like a barnes and noble or something like that and sometimes you could find like like a depeche mode tape mm-hmm. or patsy <laughs> klein or something like that but there was a uh a, a square dance hall called the circle b that would do punk shows on fridays and there were some there were some local bands and bands that would come down from Lincoln and Omaha that were pretty good. Uh, but then like, I don't know, like 2000, like when I was a, a junior, like everyone started, like Hot Topic came to town. Oh, and yeah. then every everything just started to sound like that shit, and, which was a big bummer for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think every everyone in the town was stoked on it. So, yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. I have a number of years on you, so like all that stuff didn't exist when I was uh, a kid. There were like the you know the mall record store and stuff like that, which carried like some stuff. I was able to find like my boss started turning me on to some stuff. You know, again like college rock, and I was able to find some of those things in the in the different mall stores and stuff like that. But nothing super underground, right? But there's this uh, the guy uh, Simon. They owns a grapefruit. He used to work at this incredible shop called the Antiquarium that was uh, around the night or just they were like one of the shops that was like importing, you know, stuff from New Zealand, picking up actual jazz records and, you know, 
so I, I went there when I was in high school and that was a total mind blower, like walking in and the 13 floor elevators were playing and, you know, just, yeah, oh, yeah. I think this is this. I think this is the stuff I'm actually into. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, or, Simon's been out there. Like, did he grow up out there too? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. He went to school in, uh, Alabama for college. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise been in Omaha. Yeah, for some reason, I always thought Bada Bing was like a. Well, is he Bada Bing too? He's not Bada Bing, is he? He he does the the distro, the warehouse, like the the Bada Bing warehouse is in Omaha at Grapefruit. Okay, and and Ben from Bada Bing run uh, does Grapefruit with Simon. Okay, but so all there's... Omaha related though. Yeah, yeah, uh, but Ben's in New York, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for some yeah. reason, yeah, I always thought Bada Bing was like a Jersey, like North Jersey, New York label. Yeah, maybe he was there at one point. Yeah. Um, when I met him, he was in Brooklyn. I'm probably getting it all mixed up, but maybe not. Well, we better um, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like, uh, so you're in college and you start playing in bands and you're like, I don't want to be in college anymore. So what... um. Did you start uh like touring? Did you start doing like little long weekends or week long things? I started um, playing this band Brimstone Howl uh that were like a garage rock band as uh a hired or, or just a guitar player. It was a very weird situation where the singer wasn't going on tour, so they would have they would bring in another person and the other guitar player would sing the songs and uh we weren't very good, but it was a way to get out of town and see things. And, you know, so I toured for like two and a half months with, or like, like on the road for like two and a half months. I toured yeah, with them wow. for like a year and, you know, just really saw a lot and got hooked. And that's uh, like your what early twenties or. I was uh, 18. I was wow. doing that. Yeah. So saw a lot of things then. And then mm-hmm. uh, realized I didn't want to be in the band and quit. <laughs> and, then, and then you know and then started playing with things that didn't have any sort of backing <laughs> just like playing playing basements in omaha things yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that that was where like i felt like i really yeah i met a lot of people that were into great stuff and it was more creative and going different places with it as opposed to a fixed someone's vision mm-hmm. of what they're doing you know so it's a really good really good place there's great bands and uh, I don't, even if there's like bands I didn't like from Omaha, but like you, you share just the fact that you're here and you're doing it. That's just like, I got respect for everyone. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know. How big of a town is Omaha? It's like, I think with all surrounding areas, like half a million or something. Oh, okay. Like oh yeah. It's, it's, it's decent, mm-hmm. you know, but it's about, the, yeah, it's about the same as Rochester, maybe smaller. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's counting all the suburbs and shit. Mm-hmm. Like probably Omaha proper is like a quarter million. And that, so with those bands, were you writing? Um, was it like a a group thing? Like everyone, you you know, you just get yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs. There was everyone was chipping in songs and we're all switching it. This is a band called the Prairies, um, and uh, every everyone's writing songs and chipping them in and. I mean, it was more just a band to get loaded and play shows. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we wrote like 10 songs in the three years we were together. And <laughs> it was mostly just like, okay, what what are we going to take tonight? 
to make the set different like <laughs> is it a cough syrup night is it a beer night you know <laughs> but it, it was fun very fun yeah and still um, play music with a lot of the people oh yeah 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 good but friends. uh when uh so uh, at what at what time frame is this i think that's like uh 2009 oh okay and then around that same time uh, i started playing with simon joiner too and i played with him for a very long time i feel like it's not done because there's like sometimes you know it, it hasn't happened in a while but like maybe it'll be like a show i sit in with him like i, I played on his last record mm-hmm. so it never feels done but it's just like i haven't been in the, the touring band for a while oh gotcha but yeah simon's like my, my best best friends here yeah yeah yeah, he's been putting out records for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, shows you the ropes, how to do it, you know. Yeah. Um. Sure. Yeah. When did you When did you start? Like, um, I don't know if you you call yourself band leader, but um, <laughs> like when did you right. when did you start writing your own stuff? And it was like you know people started playing with you to like back you up. Uh, early think... early twenty teens kind of thing. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, well, my first tape came out in 2011. I think that was the first time I played a show with uh, uh, a couple people. And it was very slow after that, you know, like like a show a year or mm-hmm. something like that. So in the, in the middle of this time, from like uh, 2012 to 2015, I lived in Los Angeles and didn't play music there at all i was just working oh uh, um my wife uh soon to be or she wasn't my wife then but she moved out there for our project and i moved out to help uh or just you know just to see what was going on and live out there but yeah, i yeah. just uh i wasn't i was recording music in my in my closet but <laughs> playing shows or anything um well like, shit that's not true i wasn't playing stuff <laughs> under my name but I was playing with other people. I played uh, in Wick, Wicker Spigot, um, like a shrimper band. You're a shrimper? Yeah, the uh, label, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was Joel Hershley's band, uh, Claremont. I met I met Dennis Kalachi through Simon, uh, mm. like through a tour, and got hooked up with those guys. And played guitar in Wicker Spigot for a bit. And, uh, and then also through Simon, I met uh, Brian and Mary Rose Crook the renders and i played with them for a bit oh whoa. uh yeah i played drums which i never played drums before wait were, were they bit. in la at the time or they, they live in uh yucca valley oh i had no idea they, yeah they've lived there for a while uh <laughs> i think when i met them they've been there for maybe 10 years or i could be wrong on that but wow. they've been there they've been there for a while and so yeah, all my music was leaving LA, like going to Inland Empire, the desert, and playing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, getting to hang out with Brian and Barry Rose is amazing. They're such cool people, and yeah, like I felt like just through osmosis, like learned so much about how to play and write songs, and like what being in a band actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, just really, I, I don't know. They're they're such a like yeah, Mary. Mary Rose is such an incredible lyricist, and uh, I've never met anyone who plays guitar like Brian Crook. You know, he's like one of the wildest dudes. 
Yeah, they uh I got a CD of theirs, the um oh god, I'm horrible with names. It's the Dream of the Sea, I think. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great um, one. Back in oh god, what was that? Mid nineties, I think it came out. And I was like, holy shit. Like it, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. It just made sense. Like yeah. it, it was just perfect, the record. Um, and I didn't know, like I was in the New Zealand stuff at the time, but I didn't know all the little the connections uh of that band and members and you know past right. projects and stuff. Um and then I know it's have it's heavy what they've both done. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the, yeah. their credits were just you know, I and being a complete dweeb of all that stuff to get to, you know, I wasn't trying to bombard them with questions, you know, but you know, just like, you know, what, what was that like? And, you know, yeah, like, oh, oh fuck him. He's great. <laughs> What's great is like you talk, you talk like, to those guys and you'll be like, oh, what was that show like? And they're like, I don't know. It was like five people there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You always hear about these, you know, uh, the the fan base outside of the scene is way bigger than the scene itself, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's like everyone that they're playing for is basically in the other bands. Yeah. So how, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, um, I mean, Bada Bang uh, started reissuing a ton of that, you know, stuff related to those guys. Uh-huh. Um, the, is that a connection that you made? Or did Simon already have that connection with the New Zealand folks? I, I mean, I think, I, road, but. well, no, I think Ben was into that stuff, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if that was Simon turning Ben onto the Dead oh, Sea okay. and the renders. I mean, I think he was, you know, he's, he's a pretty, uh, a, a good listener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what yeah, do you yeah. call it? What do you call it? You know, he's got his ear to the ground. He knows yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. He's been into music for a while. So, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah. The, the reissues that those guys did over the past, you know, decade or so have been pretty important you know like oh totally. records yeah. that were just impossible to get you know right um or you know where you didn't even know existed kind of thing for sure um yeah i agree you eventually so you're writing you're writing music when you're in la mm -hmm. um is that material that eventually saw the light of day as far as you know a band yeah. goes or you know playing live and stuff like that oh uh, wait i so i had one tape out uh I, th I I had my first record and second tape came out right before I moved to LA and basically we would like go back for, you know, whatever reason and play one show. And that was the extent of it. And it was just like whoever was around in the band, but this guy, uh, Kevin Donahue that plays drums with me now, like he's always like, he's always been my guy. Like he played in the, the, the band prayers I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, so we we've played together forever but uh yeah the at that point it was um you know it, it was just something to do it yeah like, is that is that first record the one uh in the grapefruit club yeah series yeah, act, right act, yeah actors diary yeah okay yeah so uh in the, 2015 i moved back and uh well i'd been working on a record for a bit that I couldn't get right. And so just met up with some friends and it was like, whoever was around that night, we record some songs and try it again another night, different crew record some songs. And that was uh, the first record out on bought it being more than enough, you know, something I tried to do myself for years and it didn't turn out for some reason. And then 
was like finished in like three days <laughs> with with the people showing up because i think it's just like the the friend energy or something yeah so cool. wait you were trying you were trying it all solo for a while yeah yeah and just you playing like just, everything on it like i mean yeah. full band but you playing everything yeah yeah, yeah. I, I normally do that stuff but i just wasn't as great at it then mm-hmm. and uh i mean i'm not great now but i know how to do work my <laughs> work my little thing um but yeah at that point it just wasn't getting it right and i think i i had, there's like four different versions of the album but then the the one that came out is the one that you know took three days <laughs> yeah but i guess it doesn't take three days it's just like all the cumulative work you know? and you so recorded yeah, back- yeah, you recorded that back when you got back to omaha mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah during when i got back yeah tape machine shit and then bought it being put that one out and then they threw some money at us and we went to a studio and made another one and that was really fun um is that piece and slightly pulverized or that was a negative no. boogie. oh negative boogie yeah yeah and uh it was still really wasn't a i mean we were touring and stuff but the band was still kind of like you know people were coming in and out but uh for pieced and slightly pulverized like that was like fully a band that had like been on the road and that was another record i had made by myself but then we as a band were doing it the whole time it was like well this sounds too good we have to record this as this band and uh very happy we did that <laughs> yeah so you were yeah you were on the road doing that for a while and then you're like we got to record this yeah. yeah yeah or just you know not even that material so much but just like we learned how to play with each other and oh i got you certain that, thing yeah that setup yeah yeah but yeah, yeah i got that uh, negative boogie record a buddy of mine john here was uh playing on his radio station i'm like oh man that sounds great and i didn't realize i had your first record because <laughs> the oh, grapefruit yeah. club uh you know the for those who don't know the grapefruit club releases there were what like two years of those or maybe three um, three they were like subscription ish yeah. and all the covers are like very monochrome and the same sort of uh-huh. pattern and yeah. I, I literally i have to write i wrote on the plastic you know sleeves like who it is because i kept putting it away and not knowing what they were because <laughs> i don't think there's even uh info on the back of them either um no yeah, it's one of those things yeah. where i was like oh dude i have one of his records already <laughs> i did that with riley that, walker too was... i had a riley walker record um oh, for, yeah. for for a while before i realized it so it was like something on american tapes um oh, okay you know it was so all like john olsen you. yeah mess right. yeah um gotcha but yeah that uh i think uh i think my buddy saw you at cropped out maybe or something like that around that time oh okay yeah negative boogie era yeah yeah that and uh right. yeah that's what turned him on to that that was a um, great festival yeah yeah i still haven't been down to that fortunate that i think it's done you know, yeah, I know. Bummer. Yeah. but it was the yeah i'm just glad i got to see it once because it was the most incredible shit you played was, it was it the year with trod grass oaks Donner like played i i played it the year before oh the year um, before that okay it was supposed to be with the fall but it was like right, oh, right. before Marky e. Smith got sick. Yeah. And uh but you know, Royal Trucks, Peter Brotsman, uh Magic Markers, uh Feed Time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my buddy went to both those years. Cause he's a huge uh, huge fall fan, a huge feed time fan. 
Um, and I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he went the second year too. So, yeah, um, was... go on. Yeah. Oh, no, nothing. Just saying more about oh. crap. That. That's useless. <laughs> so the, uh, the demo, the, the pulverized and slightly pieced. So yeah. that's, that's essentially that first version of that record with yeah. you just playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Everything on that one. That was, I, it was going to, uh, Richie Charles was going to put it out and, you know, and then uh, Trouble in Mind was talking to us at the time and, you know, wanted a little more full on deal. And, you know, he was like, okay, you should go with that. And he was, you know, years later, it was like, yo, we should still do that. And I was like, I don't know if people want, like, am I at that point where like people want my fucking demos? <laughs> people wanted it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he put, he pushed for it and I'm glad he did because it's, yeah, it's cool to have it out there. The, yeah, so again, my buddy John saw you at uh the three lobe thing, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. And you you sold I think you were selling the CDR of that. Uh-huh. And he kept telling me, he's like, Yeah, dude, there's like a 20-minute version of Amethyst. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, and that's one of my favorite songs. I was like, and, it, and then when I saw that Richie was putting that out, he's like, That's the that's the CDR. That's the recording. So we were all psyched. So yeah, I think oh, plenty of people were psyched for that. Uh, it's it's nice that people are excited <laughs> how did you uh yeah how'd you hook up with richie and the philly folks uh just, just uh bashing our head against the wall there. against philly yeah. yeah yeah you know we uh i think i think we played it like twice twice before i met richie and then the third time was when he was doing that the the summer singles Richie's summer singles, I think is what he called it. It's like the second and he did a show. So we came out there and did it and met him. And you know, that guy's just a mensch to mm -hmm. the highest degree. I still and, have uh, I haven't met him yet. Oh, he's the best. I've met everyone he's around him now, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Richie's top tier. I mean, everyone in Philly's top tier. It's Philly's the best, man. I love that town. Yeah, it's something else. I grew up uh, just an hour, well, like two hours, hour and a half north of there. Um, oh, yeah? And we never went to Philly when I was a kid. Oh. Like, my 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 family, everyone in my town was like, nah, you don't want to go to Philly. It's dirty. And, you know, Is it out of fear? It, it was, I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, like, Philly people, I think, I grew up in Scranton. I think they thought Philly people, one, had an attitude, and uh -huh. two... I think everyone looked at it as like a lesser, like, well, this in the same amount of time you go to New York City from Scranton, there's like a little triangle. So, like, two hours you get to New York City, or two hours you go to Philly. Everyone's like, we're going to go to New York City. <laughs> right. Um, sure. But, you know, at the time, so I grew up in the 70s. So, at the time, like, going to New York City, like, there were parts of Manhattan that were pretty fucked up. <laughs> right. Like, sure. Sure. Um, now, of course, I miss all those fucked up places. But when I was eight, I was like, I don't know, it's kind of fucked up. Like I, I would hide yeah. in the back seat uh -huh. uh, as as my dad <laughs> drove us around Manhattan and like Times Square and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we never went to Philly and uh, my siblings are all older than me and they would like drag me to concerts. And my parents never let them take me to Philly concerts. They we can go to like Binghamton. That, that was pretty much it. Binghamton. Um they had like oh. a hockey arena, so you'd get those kind of shows like oh, okay. you know, Starship and Boston, Night Ranger, you know, that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Philly That's would sick. get like better shows, of course, because it's a bigger market. But right. you know, they weren't allowed to drag me down there. 
Oh, okay. And now, like, yeah, I, I've been there a bunch in the last, like, I don't know, eight years. And I'm like, fuck, like, this town's great. And then in the last, like, couple years, we've played there. John and I went down to the Petty Bunko weekend or the all day fest that they had back in the oh, yeah, spring. Yeah. yeah. Um, that you know, saw strapping field hands. Like, we were all psyched to see those guys. Yeah. Um, I heard they delivered too. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. Amp blew up. Amp <laughs> caught on fire. Yeah. Like Ashley's from Heavenly Bodies. Like, they're one of their bass amps caught on fire. <laughs> like, they had to replace it while they were, the band was playing and stuff amazing yeah but yeah and that's the first time i saw emily play live too oh um, yeah i had i bought that record the moonwalk how to moonwalk yeah. um and we were all blown away by that and then we saw her live and we're like holy shit and we're all buddies with uh uh nace too so oh yeah yeah so dude, he and her came amazing up. yeah a couple weeks after that they went on a little northeast tour and we caught them in buffalo and stuff like that so very um, sweet yeah, so she talked a little bit about that. So the astute palette thing, um, you guys just kind of got together one of the times what you were in Philly and recorded that, or yeah, I I like flew out there for that. There was Richie was doing a uh like a month of shows and uh, he had a residency at Ortlieb's and he wanted me to come out and play and you know he couldn't afford you know, it was like, can't afford to get the whole band out and get you out. I hate playing solo. So I was like, well, you got to play with me. And then oh, he, okay. he recruited Emily and Dan uh, Provenzano. And I'd sent him some songs. Emily had some songs and, you know, just a few days of bashing it out. And then, you know, capped it off with playing a show. It's pretty whirlwind. Uh, it was great. You know, it was just like a stress-free record. Really fun yeah, yeah. to make. You recorded and, that at Emily's place, right? Yeah, yeah. Emily's yeah. fine. Em, Emily, you know, she had to deal with all the the technical side yeah. of it. She was recording everything and playing. It was amazing. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. To record and job. play at the same time. Yeah. She, she fucking nailed it. So kudos to her. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, great. Yeah, really MVP. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. And we we actually just played another show in Montreal. Was, oh, yeah, was, I saw that. Yeah, I was jealous. Yeah. With uh, the retail simps. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Oh, my I, God. I just so finally got the record. Um, I, you know, I keep talking to John. So John Schoen, he's a yeah. longtime friend of mine, and uh, we both have shows yeah, on the radio station. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know John. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Yeah, so he's the one that saw you at Cropped Out and yeah, North yeah. Carolina stuff. Yeah, the North Carolina thing. He just happened to be there for his like sister's wedding, and, uh, oh, and he realized okay. this thing was going on. And he had like a, he only had a few hours, and he caught your set. Um, <laughs> and then I think, um, uh, Clint's Clint Takeda's band played yep. right after that double wig, double wig. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, so I just put out a record of his. Um, oh sweet Clint's i've been a awesome. huge bardo pond fan forever i put out some bardo related things over the over the years and clinton clinton i i never knew him until um i don't know a year and a half ago probably i reached out to him about something i forget what oh there was like an us uh, yeah i'm a kind of completist when it comes to bardo pond and I, okay i like reached out to him I'm like hey is this thing actually exist it was some like tour cdr you know 
He's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, kind of. I'm like, I just want to hear it. Like, can you send me like an MP3? He's like, oh, I'll send you a copy. And he burns oh, the CDR sweet. and makes original artwork, like this little CD jacket that he painted and sends it to oh, me. Oh, and I'm sweetie. like, dude, what the fuck? Like, so then we start talking and right around the same time, uh, his double wig and Pengo, which is the band me and John have together with two other guys, okay. we're on a tape comp at the same time. And I'm like, oh, we're on the same comp. That's kind of weird timing, you know, that we just started talking to. Yeah. So then I start asking him, you know, you got other stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, and he does, it's he's just, he doesn't know how to get anything out, you know? <laughs> he's just like super creative, but he's like, I don't know how to do any of this, you know? Um, so we start, you know, bullshitting about that. But he oh, was talking, great. we we were down in Philly, um, hanging out we played a show me and john have a duo and we played a show with him uh-huh the night before the petty bunko thing and he was talking about your north carolina set um and i'm gonna embarrass you here but he was like yeah those guys went out first because i think there was a timing thing and they had to go somewhere he's like and then we had to follow them and it's like following fucking neil young <laughs> like because you're set killed and everyone's like fuck like i don't want to play after that um so, yeah Clint, oh, Clint was rather nervous playing after you guys oh man that's <laughs> that's funny what a sweet guy we also had tyler damon sitting in with us oh yeah oh yeah you had re- two drummers right yeah yeah so we were really full on there but Ty- yeah tyler's I, i'm I always love watching that guy play yeah i haven't yeah. seen him live i have you know stuff with him and tashi dory i think a yeah. duo record they did and stuff yeah um so the we talked a little bit earlier about the cover the covers Mm -hmm. tapes right Mm -hmm. or recordings what uh well when did that start and what made you think of doing that (laughs) like Uh, for me it's gutsy right i don't know is it gutsy probably i mean I, i i don't know if it was gutsy it was just like working in a vacuum you know when i started doing it it was just like no one's fucking listening to what I'm doing. I should just, you know, and it's like a good way to like learn songwriting. Right. Yeah. So is that, is that the, that's the idea? Like to, to try to learn, oh, my cat's meowing in the background. Try to learn like how that particular artist wrote songs and put them together. I feel like it started that way. Now it's just become like a, a conduit for, you know, making my shit, you know, and just using whatever, like using a it's just like there's this there's this material there's like oh here's 13 songs you can work on you don't have to worry about writing any songs here's the songs you know and it's i don't know i i felt like i started with stuff that was like pretty on the nose and now i'm trying to go stuff that isn't so like me where i gotta stretch a little bit harder right okay to you know this like we recently did uh, yoko ono's star piece um i don't know if you've heard that one it's like a grace jones record yeah i uh, I, I don't know the original at all now you you keep you keep covering records that i don't know the originals and then my my buddies will be like oh that's such and such i'm like all right i haven't heard like i have a lot of voids in my musical experience and knowledge and um <laughs> well we all do we all got gaps, yeah i have right? like you know yoko ono i know the more you know weird and older sure stuff. yeah um yeah but john was talking about that one he's like jesus he's like I've seen that record in so many dollar bins. 
<laughs> over the years. And it has a he always talks about how it has this horrible 80s cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like, I never even gave it the time of day. He's like, now I got to go get it. It's it, it's pretty good. I mean, I got turned on to it. God, there's this. I think it's a Dutch music video director, Rubinsky. Is a bit is a big new. Is a big new something was a big new. Oh yeah, yeah. Vid- do you know you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Um, um, he did a video for a Hell in Paradise on that record that I love. It's amazing. Thirty's five. Uh, men that are like you know two feet tall to like eight feet tall and they're all dressed the same and it's like this like stop motion kind of dancing that they're doing which is like the big news like style um but yeah it's great so i got that's like how i got turned on to the records like this hmm. is incredible and then the hearing the whole record is like i yeah i come from the same style where like i mainly listen to fly and like approximate they're uh feeling space mm-hmm. you know, like those are the ones i go to the most and hadn't really gone to that one you know it's uh she's definitely uh trying something else you know but which is like which is cool about her she's fearless that she's just like right right i'm gonna make you know she's her whole career has been met with contempt for like anything <laughs> right. that she does like so she's amazing she kind of has nothing the, to lose, right? Dude, like, yeah. Everyone already, like, already hates me, so I can do yeah, anything. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, and that one, like, people did not like it so much that I, I don't think she made another record for, like, 15 years after that or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, or Like, maybe it was just the tipping point where she's just like, fuck this, I can do other things. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I don't know what's going on in Neil Gomez's head, but I'm glad she made that record. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, in my mind, I, I want to make like a, a jukebox full of these albums. Like I, I want to make like a hundred cover albums. I don't know how, I don't even think I have the time to do that. Like, I think it's something I'd be doing for like the next 30 years, but there's you, something about that, that that sounds enticing. You you've know? been going on a pretty good clip though. You've been... <laughs> You've that's you've I released mean, that's, one one a month, right? I mean, at least recently, it's been kind of I once think, a month. I think I've done four this year. Okay, maybe oh, it feels like more frequent. Maybe not. Though. Yeah, I, I I think I've just been what I did. I did an album, and then uh, I think I've only done three cover albums this year. But I've been reissuing things on tape. I got some tape dubbers and. Things that were just like I did like 10 CDRs of or, you know, were just online that I wanted to have a physical copy of. Right. Um, But I think I've only done three this year. And I feel like that's I really got to step up my shit. (laughs) You know, I feel like I know. I know, man. I want to winter's coming, you know, just hunker down. And there we go. There you go. go. Yeah. So how long? Yeah. does it take roughly around the same amount of time to get to work out the material for each record or some have some been harder or more challenging than others? Some can be, uh, and like how many, I don't even know. Like, I mean, some of the stuff like the motorhead record, especially like you really changed 
you know, a bunch of those songs. So yeah, like how many versions of a song like exist sometimes? Do you do it like this way and that way? And then you're like, I don't know if either of those are working or. Dude, I've gotten to the point where now it, it, maybe maybe there's one song like because uh, I, I work sequentially, you know. Okay. Uh, how you know just how the record flows is just like we're doing that one next, and maybe if the vibe isn't right, I'll just re-record it. But the, I I I've been pretty proud of myself that I've only had to do that like once or twice. Wow. On these past three ones, and usually it takes from like starting the project to to having it mixed and done. It usually takes a week. Um, which, uh, That's you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, just trying to get a practice down. And I don't even like, I think, I, I think maybe the, the, the goal is to like try to get, honestly, try to get sued by someone. <laughs> like, I, I want someone to like, if, if fucking Yoko Ono like found out about that shit and I got a cease and desist, like, I would, I'd be so fucking proud. Like, I think she'd be but, the one that she'd be the one out of this whole crew that'd be cool with it. I think <laughs> I, I would hope so. I, you know, you would, you would hope that I feel, but it's like most of the time these people are like separated from their lawyers and their lawyer would just like go after you. Oh, they wouldn't even yeah. fucking know about it. You exactly know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was so that. Um, who, who, uh, who was Jason. it? Was it Riley and somebody else put out a record and they got a cease and desist from the stones? That was Spacing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the first uh, space and record had the the lips on it. Yeah, they, they got a yeah they got a season to so so fucking cool. Oh no no, there was a cover there was a cover record that came out. Uh, oh, in the last couple oh. of years, I thought Riley was related to it, but I can't remember. Oh, I don't know about that. I yeah, about and that. like so, the cover art was. Like a a paste down of the cease and desist. Who knows? It could have been a spoof just for good artwork and a nice story, but um. The uh, so I'm good down the list that I can think of. You did Devo, right? Uh-huh. Yoko Ono, Motorhead, uh, Lou Reed, uh-huh. Melanie, yeah, which I'm complete, I'm still unaware of who that is. Uh, Beatle, the Beatles, which just came uh-huh. out on cassette, right? But originally was on digital. Uh, yeah. and Doug Sam, is that am I saying that correctly? I think it's Doug Song. Song, like, okay, I think, I think so. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, Are there others? I Am I missing any? I think that's a. I think that's yeah. all of them. Eight. Okay. Is that eight? Uh, it's yeah. seven. Seven. Fuck. I gotta catch up. Is there an eighth? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> I'm looking at my. Are you working on one now? Uh, not. I mean, I'm. Uh, I'm still like testing. You know, just like what's. I've done like one of one, and it didn't work. So. Okay. Um, do you I'm have a do you that. have a master list that you're uh, nah. records that you're you you know you're planning to do or no? No, no. I think I think that's the. I mean, that's kind of the thing of like what's in crawling distance, and I have to own it. That's that's a big part of it too. I I'm not just gonna like do something I don't own because mm-hmm. uh, I like having the record. I like I don't like going online and reading the lyrics. I like reading it from the the liner notes or having the you know just go back and write them down or whatever mm-hmm. but i do i feel like that's maybe the uh like get out of jail free or something because it's like you know i bought the record <laughs> oh that, that's good you think that, that'll push the lawyers off you think 
I, I own no, it. See? I, that, that's my that's my small justification. But <laughs> it's like, hey, this is all right. This is sound. You know, I bought your shit. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I would, I would think the, Be- the Beatles one might get some lawyers psyched on you. Um, either that or cover a Metallica record or something like that. Shit, I was thinking about doing Metallica, but I tried. I tried doing Ride the Lightning, and I just can't. I can't even rearrange it to where it'd be cool. This sucks. <laughs> I was trying to do Celtic Frost. Um, oh yeah, uh, was it in, Inhuman? Is that the the first I, one? Or I know. The, this I know the, the band. Track. I don't know the record. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was trying to do like a thrash record, and it didn't work out. But I, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I think it. I think a. It just—I haven't heard of anyone that's like cover, like making cover albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'll just—I'll do that thing. That sounds alright. Yeah. <laughs> so right here in a conversation, um, I kind of talked shit about someone, <laughs> and I wanted to take it out because uh, it wasn't really needed and stuff like that. So there's a little break, and then we go back into talking about uh, John, F- seeing John Fahey, uh, me and a bunch of buddies uh, down in North Carolina. So here's the rest of the interview. Um, right, we, we were all waiting to see John Fahey play, so we were like, we had little patience. Um, that was just, what I'm sure that was a period where John P- Fahey was fucking off a lot too, right? Oh God, dude, that's all. Or I did. Was he, was he, <laughs> this is a couple months before he, he died, and um, we, wasn't he into like throat singing or some shit like that? You know, all I remember of the set is basically him starting songs and then stopping and tuning. And starting a song and then mumbling, like stop and tune, because this, you know, none of us know knew his guitar was just, you know, barely out of tune. Yeah, so it was it was an odd. It was you know it was great to see John Fahey live. Um, sure, but in kind of like a not in prime form. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, granted, like the more I learn about him, he was just all about fucking with people for a long time, you know. Um, totally yeah we were just totally. we were, me and a, bu- a couple of john and another buddy of ours were talking and uh one of the, one of those guys were reading some book that just came out on fahey and it talked about how he would intentionally put out uh different versions of the records without telling anybody and like they had the same <laughs> matrix numbers and everything so so voice of the Sweet. turtle voice of the turtle has multiple versions out there um and it wasn't just like represses and he would change things he he literally like one has the wrong track listing and there's like an extra song on it or vice versa. That's incredible. Um, Dude, that, that's, and like that's great. A song. <laughs> there's like a song on there that like he's not even playing. It's somebody else playing it. Like shit oh, like wow. that. Yeah. And he apparently did that with. Um, I think Dave, I, I interviewed David Grubbs and I think he talked about that on the, oh, uh, okay. the there was one track where um, he was playing with the Gasville soul guys. And um, he was, he just told Jim, he's like, you play it. Cause you could play better than me. And apparently he used to do that <laughs> back in the day too. So back in the sixties, he would just have other people play his songs and it's not credited. You know, the person hopefully got paid, but um, it was almost him just fucking, oh. with people. you know, he, I, he had, it seems like he had a complete disdain to his fans and especially when he started getting sure. he he got adopted by like the kind of new age movement too um which oh i, I didn't know that 
Yeah, I remember reading well, I mean, about. I, I guess it makes sense from like Windhill Records or whatever, right? Yeah, like Billy Ackerman. And, right. Yeah, and that's when he like kind of went off and went off the grid and was gone for years. You know, um, he was just apparently sick of everything. I might be getting all of this wrong. This might be all bullshit. But... <laughs> oh no, that sounds right. I read that that was the the Drag City book. The the oh yeah, bluegrass, uh, bluegrass music destroyed my yeah. life. Yeah. yeah fucking incredible book i yeah. like i love him as a musician but i almost think he's a better writer you know oh yeah, yeah. and that's i think that's saying something right because right, I, right. I fucking love that book i just got the the book that uh i think it was john or chad tell me about uh with some of these stories about him fucking with the records and stuff like that um i think Stephen lowenthal might have wrote it uh black editions guy Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I got a copy. I haven't read it yet, but I I didn't even heard about that. Wow. Um, so oh, yeah, no. so uh, the cover records. You don't. You're working on something now. You know, I'm. You're not going to talk about it. Um, what other uh plans do you have coming up? Do you have other records that you're working on, or record you're working on, or yeah, well, um, with Rosalie. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know about that, but uh. Rosalie Middleman, we've been me and uh, is it Kevin Donahue and Jim Schroeder who plays guitar with me. We've been backing her up uh, for a bit, and she's in town right now. We've been working on a record for oh. her for like the past couple weeks. And uh, Thursday we leave on tour for uh, a couple weeks on the East Coast with Rose City Band, which should be pretty fun. Wow, nice. Pretty pretty stoked to see them. But uh, yeah, we've been working on that and. And uh, we we finished a record uh, last year. It's been sitting in the can. Um, I don't know if they can announce where it's coming out yet, but it's uh, like in the, in the wheels of motion of coming out, you know. And yeah. it sucks that things take so long now, but I think it'll be worth it. it was, uh, we spent a lot of time on it. It's like we spent like four months on a record, which we've never fucking done that before. Wow, who's uh, and, who's putting that out? Or you, you don't know yet? You can't say. Uh, we can't say yet. Can't That's say fine. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, um, it's yeah, it's gonna be cool. So yeah, we're really excited for that. And so it'll be lots of. We've been kind of dormant since the pandemic, and um, we're gonna be going a lot harder next year, which I'm I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back I mean, if play. that was if that was a done deal, then that'd come out next summer at the earliest, probably. Exactly. <laughs> plant wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's hopefully when it when it I think that's when it's slated to come out. It's this, you know, it's been in the line for a bit, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Depending on the size of the label, they might have a little more pull than my stuff takes. You know, ten to twelve months. So oh yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I I helped uh, Jim who plays guitar with me. We put a record out over a pandemic, and it took shit, thirteen months yeah something like that especially since you know it was a you know not quite a recognize i i don't know if that actually has anything to do with it but i assume that it just kept like getting bumped back and it's like i wonder if this had a name if they oh. <laughs> you, you <laughs> know mean, what i mean label wise i think uh if a label's guaranteeing enough uh business with a plant then they'll get some i think they'll get some pull with that oh okay um, yeah. yeah um and they plan according like I could I could put in an order as long as I like tell them when the order is. I don't have to necessarily have everything in hand yet. 
uh, and that helps schedule it as well. But I'm horrible oh, okay. at planning shit like that. So it's yeah. so hard. I usually it's don't so talk hard. to the plant until I have everything in my hand. And then I'm like, oh, I probably could have ordered this, you know, two months ago. But right. right. But um, isn't that the test? If it's good, it's going to be good in a year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, yeah. That's just a from a, a label standpoint, it sucks because you got to put up a chunk of money and then you don't make anything on that record for like, Oh, you know, yeah. it, it's, dude, that's, yeah, I mean, that's why rough. I'm doing tapes. That's why I'm doing. Yeah. Tapes yeah. Cause if I, I mean, if I had my way, I'd be doing records, but I just, you know, it's, it's something I really, really got to care about that I want to do a record of, you know? Right. And it's like my, the cover albums and shit. It's like, that's not worth it. But you know, Jim's record was like, fuck yeah. I got to send mm-hmm. you one of those. I'll send you one of those. I don't oh, know yeah, if you, Jim, sure. James Schroeder, Mesa Bowie. Fucking kill killer shit. This Rosalie stuff. So you're recording it out there, and then you're hitting the road. Yeah. Um, yep. And then someone's that's gonna that's gonna come out on vinyl or something next year. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. She's got a label. I don't know if I could say that one yet. We're all we're all in limbo mm-hmm. right now. That's why. <laughs> but, uh, Does she yeah, live she, in Philly or where does she live? She lives in Saxapaw, North Carolina now. Oh, where, okay. So through the pandemic, uh, moved out of there, moved with a, a friend. She used to live in uh, Philly, though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay, yeah. We, All right. That's yeah. where we met her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I heard stuff on, like, uh, Silk Breeze. Yeah, um, that and f- then, first record. And then Emily, I came across Emily's name because she liked that they did the tour together. Um, yeah. Uh, whenever that was, a couple of years ago, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. In the middle of the, with the, his golden messenger, right? Oh, yeah, right. They were opening up for them, right? Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But, what uh yeah this tour um so you're hitting the east coast you said mm-hmm, for yeah. a couple weeks or something yeah yeah pretty short run 13 shows or 12 shows maybe oh 12 okay shows. or 12 shows with rose city i think we have maybe we have 13 i don't know i don't know man i just play bass in this band <laughs> <laughs> the gig kind of get you get to get unwind a little bit which is great where are you playing? I wonder where the closest you're playing out here. Kingston, maybe? Oh, yeah. yeah we're playing, playing Kingston. Tubbies. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a cool show with uh, um, uh, Riley Walker and John Bohannon. Oh, yeah. They're do- they've been doing some shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so them and uh, Andy from Garcia People is doing a solo thing. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty. I'm, and I'm super stoked to see Tubby's. Uh, oh, have you been there? Thing. No, mm. I haven't been there yet. I heard it's the best. It's stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. Like we, um, Pengo went on. We did a long weekends back in 2019, and uh, somebody told me about Tubby's. I don't remember who, and we're like, "What the fuck? This is great." It's a small little joint. Uh, yeah, but just great. Like Corey runs it. And treats everyone so great. They had an apartment next door. You can crash in. Um, so this, you know, so like 2020, we we're going to do that again. But of course, that didn't happen. Right. 21 was kind of a mess, too. So then I was like, let's do a week at long weekend again in 22. And I basically revolved around. I got a date at Tubby's. And then I'm like, all right, we'll figure out some dates around that. Uh-huh. Um, because I know that's going to be a fun thing to do, even if no one shows up. Um, right. But it's we just, know people it just seems like one of those. Yeah. Spots. We know a bunch of people in like Albany and the Hudson Valley and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, uh, Nace did those dates with us. And then Clint 
in various incarnations did a couple dates too, like two of those. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, and then the whole area is kind of fun too. Um, I've never really been to upstate New York, so I'm excited to see uh, it. Or, well, is is yeah. Buffalo? Is that upstate New York? So, so yeah, so Hudson Valley, you can kind of call upstate New York. So I'm in Rochester, an hour east oh. of Buffalo, and Buffalo's right next to Niagara Falls. We we call it Western New York. Oh, right. Okay. But everyone else in New York calls us upstate New York. Because <laughs> sure, sure. everything everything outside of New York City is called upstate. But we're we're more west of New York. And then Tubby's is like Hudson Valley. So it's like oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Albany and okay. down down to Hudson. Wait, um, is the Rochester Rochester, do you guys the bug jar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Club? yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. With the fucking inverted like kitchen. Wait, you've been here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, years like like a decade ago. Not like with, with David Nance, but with other bands uh, touring band? through. No, Brimstone Howl. We played there once or twice. What <clears throat> the hell? Probably saw you. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we lived there forever. Yeah, we were really good friends oh. with the original owners of that place. And uh, yeah, John did sound there for years back in the. Oh, that's okay. Like back, that's back in like the nineties. Um. And uh, then they sold it to three other guys, and we thought for sure it was going to just close down or become a sports bar. Um, but those guys kept it going to their credit, and it's still more or less a cool place. <laughs> you I know, know what but, you're talking about. You yeah. know, but like yeah. bar, you know, when bars change owners or change booking places, then you you lose contacts. And so, I mean, in the right. 90s, it was, it was like people would, it was like the tubbies. It was like people would go, well, right. we're going right. to go to Bug Jar, and then we'll figure out where else we're going. So all these bands from like Chicago would like trek out here, um, you know, '90s era. So all that like kind of angular math rock and stuff like that. Um, I mean, a lot. Yeah, it it was just awesome. Mogwai was uh, recording out in Fredonia, which is out by Buffalo. You know, with Dave Friedman. Um, you know, Dave Friedman, like Mercury Rev, Flaming Lips era. Right, right. And Mogwai was like, we want to play a show. Let's play the Bug Jar. And they came out and played. <laughs> they played like on a Tuesday at the Bug Jar to barely anybody. Our buddy called us up. He's like, hey, you want to open it for Mogwai? And we're like, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, it's it's been, I mean, it's been going since 91, I think, that bar wow. opened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. More or less, still cool. Yeah, I got to get you into town. Um, yeah, yeah, we'd love to play Rochester. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I'm gonna get off here and pack up your tape. Stop being the oh. mail <laughs> tomorrow. That's terrible. That's taking that long. I mean, yeah, it's been so sweet. Like, you know, because I I've been getting these. God bless this company that I get these tape butter and batteries it's like a fucking like geo city site but they sell <laughs> tapes like cheaper than anyone and it like it looked like a total fucking scam when i started ordering shit from them but they like called them up on the phone it was like mom and dad you know like really or, where was yeah, it butter and batteries.com um in in the u.s if, i think you're in fucking new york man so like it could be cheap as shit for you Jesus. for shipping but uh yeah they they offer tapes for like I think I get these for forty five cents a tape. Wow! And these uh, are blanks, and you you dupe them. Yeah, you have a dupe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I, I got a mono uh, with the cop the 
Uh, Ever, everyone's got a mono. Yeah, right. You get the fucking yeah. stereo thing. So yeah, all bad. the all the church all the churches started selling their uh, cassette. Totally. Decks. Yeah. Oh my god! But he's worth like 150 bucks. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's yeah. I I am realizing that it's like with these things, it's like I got to record in better fidelity because I was just dubbing some tapes from a friend who recorded like a pretty nice thing. And with the two generation that happens on it, it's like it actually sounds really fucking good. Like mm-hmm. like the 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 tape degradation like sounds fucking sweet. And it's like okay, so. Maybe I gotta stop recording on fucking eight track, <laughs> or it's already <laughs> fucked from the get go. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, people have been so nice with like ordering these things because you know the, the tapes are cheap as hell, and sometimes there's just like a bum tape that there's just like hiss or something oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, 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 someone writes me, you're, or you know, like a tape gets lost in the mail, and I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to solve it because people are being nice enough to buy these fucking tapes. I've had one per like the whole time. I've had one person that's been a dick. And that's pretty you know, good. They, I know. I think yeah, that's yeah. pretty fucking good batting average. And you know, it's like a lot of people, it's like the same people are like buying, but you know, it's a lot of repeat customers and shit. Customers, <laughs> whatever the fuck you call it. Uh-huh. Um, but the it was one dude where I was like sold him the tape and he said there was hiss on it. It's like, oh yeah, that happens, man. Let me send you a new one. He's just like, nope, refund. And it's like, fuck, okay. Like and you're like Dude, you know it's a cassette, right? <laughs> right. It's just like, like, do you get what this like fucking operation is, man? Like, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. Like, what do you think this is? Like, it's just, it, I don't know. It, I feel bad to like let someone down, you know. But it's, yeah, it's yeah, shit. yeah. It's shit. Just send the digital. Just they're like, dude, just buy the digital tracks. Exactly. <laughs> but. Yeah, I gotta so yeah, I, I gotta check that place out because I was always buying. I mean, I I kind of stopped doing cassettes for a while. I had a dupe, so I had a mono duping thing years ago. Yeah, I got rid of it. I upgraded to a Sony. I think it was Sony. No, it wasn't Sony. It was some other company, but it was stereo. And I had a, it was a four deck, so it was a one by three. And oh then wow! I, then I bought a slave unit, so it was four Holy more. Shit. So I was able to do seven at a time. Oh and I had God. I had to find a. I had to find some weirdo dude on eBay who, who made handmade the ribbon cable to connect the <laughs> two together. Cause it's oh like, God. A, it's a controller cable. Yeah. So, but it was awesome. Cause I'd, I'd sit there and I, you know, I'm a night owl and I'm software guy. So I'm like sitting in front of my computer and I would just like change tapes. And it was like high speed, both directions and auto rewind. Right. So oh, I'd press incredible. a button and it would like seven, seven tapes would be done in like, I don't know, two minutes. And then I go clink, 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 and then load them up back up. And then, yeah. but I like, and I was doing like mostly like weirdo noise things and stuff like that. So I didn't yes. really pay a whole lot of attention. And then I was putting out this local band who was kind of like this really kind of hardcore band, not hardcore, okay. just super noise rock, you know? Uh-huh. But it was like recorded really well, uh, like just slamming levels. And I, I recorded it and I listened to all seven tapes. I'm like, oh, they sound like shit. <laughs> like, oh, no. The high speed aspect of it, you know, really fucks with your frequency range. And then like right. each one, the heads were just in varying degrees of shittiness. And oh, I tried every, I tried fuck. cleaning them and demagnetizing them and blah, blah, blah. And try to find Nothing. local places to service and no, no one could service them. And I'm like. I, I got to stop like putting out tapes like this. So I just sold, <laughs> I sold the units. Um, I, I got my money back for them. So 
And you did that with, I had two lathe cutters two years ago. Oh, wow. I, those work out? Old school. No, no, not it. No, they were really good at shocking me. That's it. I I got really shocked really bad from one of them. <laughs> you accidentally touched like a screw in the and the stylus, the cutting head. And I like the shock went through me. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, um, I remember there was a dude in town that had a lathe that made like the worst fucking records ever. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just sounded like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's but, funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These things, I can't. I don't know what happened with both of these, but I can't get them to like fucking dub both ways. Like I, I I'm like missing something. So they only dub one way. So I got to catch it and then flip it. So it like gets the both ways. I got, t- I got oh, two of the I same dubber. They're, they're not on the same thing. So I have to have two masters. Oh yeah. Pretty right. funny. Yeah. But they're both one to three. So it's, you know, I can do a yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the Dexas, but I, I do five at once. So like when I first started doing this shit, I was, I had, what was it? I had five tape decks that I would do it all in real time, like in stereo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so do like a hundred, yeah. which was just like fucking crazy. You know, it would take like three days of like just doing that. I mean, yeah. it was during the pandemic, so it's just like fuck it. What else am I doing? Like, yeah, yeah. it feels like I'm doing something. <laughs> but now that life's gone on a little bit, it's like okay, it needs a little more streamlined process here. That's what I, I ended up buying a new dual deck. Uh, TX still makes them. Oh, they're, okay. Like they're a decent deck too, and you can hook it up USB, so you can go like and it, and both record. You could record on both at the same time, but real time. Okay. So I play oh, for amazing. my computer. The master's on the computer, and then I can record two at a time. Um, but it's like real time, single side, so it takes a while. I got but it to, sounds great though, right? It sounds really good, yeah. Um, but it's just like, oh god, I can't. So I put out I a bunch of like New Haven projects around that time, and um, this summer I just decided to like start doing CDs again because I started seeing CD sales again. Um, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do CDs. So, dude, fucking people are buying that shit, man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean right, I've been running a label since '94. 95 so you've seen every four yeah wave, wave so like I, yeah I could, I could tell you exactly like what month in 2008 cd sales just died like <laughs> it was a recession and everyone's just disposable income just dropped and cd sales never came back after that they were just fucked after that so i was like fuck like no one's doing them so i start i switched to i'm like all right i'll go back to cassettes i guess and like vinyl when i you know when it deems it you know uh-huh. necessary but it's just so you know the in, the investment in doing a vinyl release is a lot, and now time too, like sucks on it. But right, yeah, you really got to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of no, it's not sweet. It's not sweet. It should just be fucking accessible and easy to fucking do. No, I get you what you're saying though, right? Like it's to yeah. be choosy about what because there's just there's a barrier I mean, there's a barrier that you know should be good enough to put on vinyl, sort of right, right. Yeah. But also, what it's like. Yeah, how many fucking variations of Red Hot Chili Peppers records are we seeing? Like oh, because dude. of this, like that's what's what is it? Like 150 fucking variations of their new record came out, and that's are like you serious? Once, oh, it's not. It, I'm 150 might be exaggerating, but I think it's like at least like 25. Oh, you fuck. know, some fucking crazy shit, and that's like all the fucking big releases. You know? Yeah. The, well, no, yeah, like uh, Taylor Swift just put out that one, and it had like all these different covers and stuff. I'm like. I don't know if the vinyl was different or not, but 
was like, God damn it. Like, uh, and it was her record and Adele, like Adele, like three years ago, put out a record and they pressed like a million copies. So it literally fucked up multiple big pressing plants and just backed them up because they were pressing a million fucking records. I'm like, there's not a million fans that are going to buy a record. Like, like open it. I know. Like she has millions of fans, but like, right. You don't need to press those records. Yeah, like a quarter of that. Like that's being generous. Right. A quarter yeah, of her fans right. are gonna fucking buy them. Yeah, drives me nuts. Right. But anyway. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, it, Joe, dude, it's fucking pleasure meeting you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks so much for uh, being on this. Yeah. I, uh, oh yeah, I I'm sorry. It, yeah. Sorry with the timing and you nah, know, fucking, right. fucking up the past couple of weeks. But thanks for being gracious. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But with yeah, stay in touch. I'll get that tape to you. And, you know, let me know if you're doing something uh gig wise because yeah we'd love to come out and play and yeah 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 that'd be sick man i gotta send sh- uh send me your address too i'll send you some shit too okay I yeah, will. yeah all right well hey pleasure meeting you man all right yeah take care man all right you too bye bye so yeah i want to thank uh david again for giving me his time for the interview ahead of that ball uh talking to him about his uh history and stuff like that and all the crazy recording tapes he's been doing and stuff like that so i'm gonna end uh today's show with uh a number of uh tracks from these tapes that have come out over the last year or so i'm gonna play two from uh covers tapes and two from original material so uh first up is gonna be lady day from the berlin which is the uh, lou reed cover tape and then i'm gonna play uh this leash from the calling christine tape that's like early material um then My Love, The Dark, and I from the Mode Sound Volume 1 tape. That's also some kind of earlier demos. And then uh, end it with It's Gotta Be Easy, and that's from the Doug Som and Band cover tape. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Not sure what's going to be up next. I'm going to do, I think, a couple music-only uh, episodes, and uh, then we'll get some more interviews. Uh, throughout the winter and then uh, upcoming spring. So uh, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to My Teeth Need Attention. Go to myteethneedattention.com, share it with your friends and stuff like that, and we'll see you next time around. All right, take care. Bye.
down And the people drifted away She climbed down off the bar And she went out the door To the hotel that she called home Yeah, greenish walls And a bathroom in the hall And I said, no, no, no
Yeah.